0: at the school again
1: again because Because we have a guest
0: (laughs) we have another guest and guess we're gonna have you introduce yourself in just a second if you didn't know you're listening to teachers talk podcast we're on taylor (laughs) we never introduce our podcast anymore
1: i just realized that it's because
0: we got comfy we just get
1: too into it that's why but teachers talk that's, that's skylar that's taylor we're pointing at each other but you don't know that and
2: we're here to talk to our guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, good afternoon. I am Allison Westerland. I am a leadership coach and consultant. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having Yay. me. We're, we're so excited. So excited. Yeah. Allison has come
0: to our school a couple of times now mm-hmm. um, just to talk to us about different things, one being a personality test, which was so fun. Yeah.
1: And I think we've talked about the last um, professional development that we did um, with. Team, like how to be a team player mm-hmm. or characteristics of a team player. So, we did talk about that briefly. I don't remember which episode, but one of our episodes. We did. <laughs> um, they are so wonderful. Yes. I yeah, appreciate so the time you put in. Oh, yeah. my pleasure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. And I'm glad that you remember what yeah. I was here to it talk about. So useful. The
0: first time we did it, we were on Zoom. And yes, i was so bummed that, that you fun. weren't on campus because our entire, for the most part, second grade team that's all awesome. scored the same personality all like four leads N, N J. and j
1: no nf i don't know i, I don't know, know but we're remember. all the, so the same the first four. one
2: would be e or i so you're talking about oh, the myers-briggs ENFJ. Type ENFJ. indicator. that was it yeah that's our whole ENFJ. team our whole, the whole lead lead all, all leads were the same personality and we all got
0: along really well so yeah. maybe that's why <laughs>
2: Yeah. well it's interesting because that's that's a tool and we don't label or stereotype with it so even how you all show up in the classroom or on your mm-hmm. team is going to be different yeah even though mm-hmm. you have maybe the same uh the same myers-briggs type. right but yeah i'm sure that made for some interesting discussion oh, it was, so so that was the limitations of doing things over Zoom at yes. the time, yeah. Yeah. not it being was. able to hear those follow-up conversations, Right. But I hope it was useful. It, it was, was very useful. Super useful. And
0: we both took it home and had our boyfriends do it yes. and had our families do it, yes. which is so funny. Fun. When
1: I had my boyfriend do it, he was the exact opposite. So every letter I was, he was the opposite. Yes. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> well, my
2: husband and I have been married for almost 16 years, uh-huh. and oh. we are the exact opposites as yeah. well. There so. you
1: go. That gives me you <laughs> can work. Exactly. Well, can you you told us who you were and um, but can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you started in
2: education as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. So I started in education working for a network of charter schools in mm. counseling. Oh. I have my master's in school counseling. And that was a space that I worked in um, for quite a few years and then focused too in on college counseling. So working with uh, middle school and high school students and getting them prepared for college. Um, Then my career took me into administration. Um, So I was an assistant headmaster of the charter school and then a headmaster for three years um, of a charter school in a um, network of schools. After having my third child, Mm -hmm. it was time to take a step back from the the more than full time work that Mm -hmm. (laughs) school administration is. And I started um, doing internal leadership coaching Mm -hmm. um, for uh, a large network. And that was something that uh, really sparked joy and fulfillment for me. Um, Being able to go around and work with leadership teams at schools and helping them to uh, get healthier as a team and so that they can be stronger in serving their teachers who then serve the students at the school. That was about four years ago that I started that work. And then just this year um, have been growing my practice in consulting and certainly do things outside of the education space now as well, Mm. because the the principles and the things that we talk about um, are applicable to every industry. Um, I think the other important thing to say is that my work is largely based on the work of Patrick Lencioni, who Mm -hmm. wrote Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Uh, Ideal Team Player, which Mm -hmm. was what you had referred to that I was here talking about. I'm part of um, the Table Group, which is his um, consulting practice. I'm part of the Table Group's Consultant and Practitioner Alliance. So that um, is where I do a lot of my reading and where my community is uh, as well with some extra training and certification. um, around Mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs which isn't a part of the table group but and then with Working Genius which is one of Patrick Lencioni's most recent model
1: Mm -hmm. so
2: that's where a lot of my work (laughs) is based on and what I am bringing into schools because it's so applicable in education and can help teams yes absolutely
0: so what would your title be then like if we were to refer to you Oh, she's a... Yeah, I'm a leadership consultant. Leadership consultant. And I'm glad that you mentioned that you work in spaces outside of the schools mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I actually gave my mom her business card. <laughs> and my oh, mom's a lawyer. Oh, and funny. I was like, my gosh, that'd be so good for you. Because yeah. she has a team of, I think, 12 now. Yeah. Like, you always need to work on...
1: Your teamwork teamwork
2: yeah so. your team development and if your team is strong and it also helps the leader whoever is at the top yes. of that organization mm-hmm. when they have a strong team that they're able to work with and lean into yeah. um, it helps the whole organization mm-hmm. be more healthy and mm-hmm. so uh, the the models and the work uh, wasn't created for education specifically mm-hmm. they actually work with a lot of uh, large companies and organizations and nonprofits. Um, but I see the need in education and it's so yes. applicable to mm-hmm. the this, to this area too
1: so you so this position or what you do now you said you've been doing for four years mm-hmm. okay and yeah. then before that how long had you been in just a whole I guess as a whole in education
2: yeah so I'd been in education for uh 11 years 11 okay and That's so cool. this would have been um I just finished out my 15th year. Wow. wow.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: What brought you to this space of consulting teams?
2: Yeah, you know, I think uh, my counseling background uh, certainly helped. Uh, and a lot of what we do with teams is like group counseling mm-hmm. um, and those group dynamics. And so that's where my love um, of working with teams and helping to Uh, coach and mentor others is something that's always been close to my heart. Um, And then I had a colleague uh, who had been reading a lot about uh, this work um, with Five Dysfunctions of a Team and Patrick Lencioni's work, who really felt like it would be something that would be valuable to bring in-house into uh, the network of schools, Mm -hmm. um, and asked me to take the lead on that and testing it out um, within the different schools. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been so helpful, not only at the leadership team levels at schools, but down to grade level teams and, um, yeah. even other teams within, within the school, whether it's front mm-hmm. office or, mm-hmm. um, exceptional student services mm-hmm. or, um, literacy coaches. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We yeah. did one cause I'm on the SST team and we did one with ESS, SST, lit coaches and
2: it was so great. Yeah. And, and there we talked we... about the silos and yes, yes. Kind of breaking down silos and enhancing communication across those different areas. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's nice to just
0: have those conversations because it's not every day that you think about the silos that you live in, you know, and breaking down those barriers, which was Yeah. Can you
1: explain silos to
0: me?
2: Don't look at me. Can you explain silos to me? (laughs) Because you're saying this, I'm like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, (laughs) so think of farmland. And if you're out on a farm and you Mm -hmm. have the big silos of grain, Oh, okay. Thank yeah. you. Okay. S-I-L-O. I was like, I that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but good. sometimes, even though we all are part of the same, you could you could say the same farm, mm-hmm. uh, we have we might operate within silos. Oh, okay. Um, you could call it an island. Sometimes yeah. people mm-hmm. talk about, you know, I teach on an island uh, mm-hmm. and wanting to break those down so that we're continuing that communication and collaboration and support. Thank you.
0: Which is such a good conversation. So yes. when we had it, it was the ESS-SST lit teams Mm -hmm. and we really do need to be in constant communication but I think about it also on a grade level like how many times have you felt like you're teaching on an island Mm -hmm. within your own grade yeah you know and it's nice to come together and have conversations of how can we be in communication Mm -hmm. when does it benefit us yeah how does it benefit us stuff like
2: that Mm -hmm. And sometimes within teaching, especially, it's hard to find the time to do that. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. And we to had make f- the time.
1: Yeah, we had a full episode on effective meetings, mm-hmm. and especially I think with that, making sure it stays effective and efficient, and so that you can build on that. I think right. teamwork and team development. Well, yeah. and I think what
0: you're doing kind of, or really does hit that base level of foundation. Like you need to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. You need to be in the right mindset and a space. In order to have efficient meetings yes. and have that long, successful career, mm-hmm. yeah, in the you long don't have run. the time to not have those
2: meetings. exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, that, in that time, and that can help mm-hmm. um, sustain your career and um, your collaboration with yeah. your teammates too. Oh, absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask a
0: silly question. Um, sure. The author of the book, can you name him again? Yeah,
2: Patrick Lencioni. Patrick Lencioni, can you spell that? <laughs> L-E-N-C-I-O-N-I.
0: Okay, do you know this person personally? Have you met this person? <laughs> I have
2: met him. Have you? Um, That's cool. That's both really within cool. his, uh, he had a conference uh, a few years ago. Wow. Um, I also did, uh, going through one of my certifications, uh, well, the one that I have with the table group mm-hmm. in Working Genius, I was part of their pilot group. Um, Mm. of that certification program and so he led a lot of the training and even gave me some feedback uh, directly so that's really cool a lot of it's (laughs) been over zoom now but but (laughs) still as personal as it can be yeah it's he he's a great person and their organization is doing great work around organizational health and so it's great to have uh, to have a little insider view Mm -hmm. occasionally um, with uh, with my work in in their in their space too
0: absolutely so should we jump right in I was
1: gonna say what are we talking about
0: (laughs) well Allison today is kind of taking the lead Uh, we're gonna talk about the five dysfunctions of a team and break them down bit mm-hmm. by bit, correct? That's right. Yeah. Great. Well, if you want to take it away, we'll just
2: kind of jump in throughout. <laughs> sure. Well, let me start by saying uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team is is a book uh, that I would recommend you go out and read uh, by Patrick Lencioni. And it's his um, best-selling book, at least right now, uh, until Ooh. others come out, <laughs> uh, his best-selling book. So it's used across industries. Um, and what it basically is talking about is five dysfunctions that teams often encounter and to have a healthy team that leads to a healthy organization overcoming these five dysfunctions are essential. In my work with schools where this comes into play is in talking about not only leadership teams but as I mentioned before even grade level teams this Mm -hmm. is applicable to that understanding um, these five behaviors and how to overcome the dysfunction of them can lead to a stronger team, to greater productivity within the team, efficiencies, um, and so many things for the success uh, and longevity, hopefully, too, yes. of the team. So we're going to go through the five. Um, if you were in a room with me and could see uh, could see me presenting, we'd start out with a triangle. Mm. Um, so it's presented in a, in a triangle, uh, separated into five levels. Um, with the bottom being trust. And the dysfunction is an absence of trust, um, is the first of the five dysfunctions. When we talk about uh, trust in this sense, what we want to focus on is vulnerability-based trust. Mm -hmm. Trust is at the bottom of the pyramid. It's at the bottom of this triangle for a reason. Uh, trust is foundational on any team, on any partnership. Uh, and you'll see when we go through the other four that if any of those are um, are in jeopardy or, or not, uh, not being fulfilled in the way that a team thinks they should, you probably need to look back down to the bottom, because yes. it might also be that trust is, is breaking. Okay. Uh, trust is something that's hard to build up, if you think of it like a bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make those small deposits in trust, but it just takes one big withdrawal Yes. Um, to really break it down. And trust is something that is so critical for a team. Yeah. We talk about it in terms of vulnerability-based trust. Um, and another type of trust is predictive trust, where you've known someone for a long period of time. They're a family member. They're a colleague. You've been around them. You can kind of anticipate their behaviors and reactions or give them the benefit of the doubt when it's out of character for them. Mm-hmm. But what we try to advocate for here is vulnerability based trust in a sense of making yourself intentionally vulnerable with your team so that they can get to know you better, whether it's your your history and kind of your background of where you come from, or just sharing those things that you're struggling with currently. being open and honest about those. I was gonna say so that would
0: kind of fall under like admitting to your mistakes. Or maybe identifying places of opportunity for yourself. Absolutely,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. It can look, uh, it can take on um, quite a few different um, different lenses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about trust and how you could be vulnerable with your team, many times I'll take teams through uh, vulnerability based trust exercises, mm-hmm. whether it's. Uh, Talking about themselves uh, and mm-hmm. their background, sharing highs and lows from the past semester, being able to kind of come together in that Sorry. way. This happened oh, last time. I don't know why. Just a I little. do know why this keeps happening, oh. but it's fine. You can. A it's a
1: nice. Sprinkle. It's a nice little background. Yeah, a little of music in there.
2: Background <laughs> tune. <laughs> least it's not like at an awards show where the music starts coming off and, and like your done. time's up right now <laughs> I only got
1: through one sorry Allison that's all we have time for
2: trust is important <laughs>
1: bottom line done bottom line, you could take it away
0: um but could you talk more so I guess I have a question it's predictable trust correct is that what you said and then vulnerability-based trust mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm trying to think of how to phrase my question when you have responsibilities on a team and responsibilities are not being met, things are not being turned in on time, stuff like that. What trust does that fall under? I mm. guess is my question. Sure.
2: Well, that's gonna jump ahead to one of the other. Oh, okay, um, okay. Then don't. Go one down. of the other dysfunctions, however, okay. understanding uh, trust and being vulnerable with one another um, it still comes back to that vulnerability-based trust, mm-hmm. where you really want to get to know someone um, so that you can understand too that this is how they're approaching. Um, this work, mm-hmm. um, that, or they're doing it different differently than I would prefer, mm-hmm. but what is fixed and what is flexible mm-hmm. in, in those situations, right? Mm-hmm. What needs to be negotiated when you're working mm-hmm. together or what which one of those deadlines is flexible mm-hmm. um, with how you approach it? The Myers-Briggs type indicator that I came out and did or over Zoom with all of you, that's an exercise in vulnerability based mm-hmm. trust, right? Yeah. Understanding and you having a language to use to talk to one another in how we approach work, how we approach decisions, how we organize our lives, that's all around Myers-Briggs, too. And that was an intentional exercise in building trust.
1: Yeah. And I loved that because it didn't relate directly to teaching, obviously. But it was so helpful to understand, like you said, understand one another on our team, especially when all four of us had the same personality. Mm -hmm. But then a couple of our TAs had different personalities, and how those personalities can bring something else to the table
2: being able to appreciate those differences yes. can yes. help build trust and I think it does relate to teaching because you can you can also recognize that your students are going to have different personalities yes. and yes. how yeah. they yes. approach so the work true. that you're asking them to do how mm-hmm. can we appreciate and be be sensitive to that too yeah
1: that's
0: I so wonder true. in the beginning of every year we have like two weeks of professional development things like that I wonder if this is something that we should incorporate do you think it would be beneficial to incorporate? a Myers-Briggs yearly, maybe every other year, hmm. especially with new team
2: members I was gonna say the all the around, time. Yeah,
1: having new yeah. team members.
2: Yeah, it's something that's beneficial to have it be an ongoing conversation. So certainly, I would say every year, even if it's mm-hmm. just here, we have some team members that came in from third grade down to second grade, mm-hmm. or this person's brand new to the school, being able to put up your distribution of types Okay. how has it changed and Mm -hmm. what uh, what tendencies are we going to have? What potential blind spots as a team this year? Mm -hmm. So keeping that conversation going, keep using that language Mm -hmm. can be helpful. Another one of um, or one of Patrick Lencioni's models is Uh, the working genius. And that's something that I've been rolling out to schools uh, this year, too. And that's something that's helpful. It talks about the types of work that brings you joy and fulfillment. And that there are two that um, that will be your working genius, two that are working competencies, and two that are working frustrations. And understanding that about each other and in those tasks that you do have to complete together, Mm -hmm. uh, all these stages of the geniuses are important in getting things done but there are two that um that are going to be more exciting and fulfilling for you and two that are going to be maybe less so and that's something that as you have control over what you're able to uh, come together and work out together you can divide up those tasks to be working within your genius as much as possible or making space for those things that are frustrating to you
1: yeah. That Gosh. seems like it would be really be- beneficial that we could do
2: with our Oh, team. see, I was thinking, like, where was this in college? Oh, <laughs> like, come on. Where yeah. was this in college
0: when you had to work on a team? That's so true. And do team projects?
2: Or well, even figuring out what you yeah. wanted to major in, right? Yeah. And figuring out what you wanted yes. to do, understanding this language. Um, it's been wonderful um, that he came up with this and it's rolling and is rolling it out. It's wow. going to be That's really awesome. impactful for a lot of people. Yeah. Are we? Yeah. It already
0: is. We're going to get this roll out. <laughs> that would be great yes we'll let me know Dr. jeffries yeah. let me know i named her i don't know if i was supposed I to i think we've named her. Uh, no have we oh. our our headmaster <laughs> oh, she's great i <laughs> so Good. we have the absence of trust as the foundation or just yeah. Trust, yeah. As a whole. trust yeah the trust absence as of a whole. trust
2: is the dysfunction one and what it. you want to do is build trust okay. on a team uh, the second one is conflict yes I
1: read this one and the like mine what I connected with the most is fear of conflict because that embodies me as a whole. <laughs> I yeah. have the biggest fear of just conflict
2: always. Well, you're not alone. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, a fear for many and and trust has to be there in mm-hmm. order yeah. to have fruitful conflict, yes. but what teams tend to do is they do have a fear of conflict and mm-hmm. they shy away from addressing uh, the, the big hairy thing in the room mm-hmm. or bringing in an unpopular opinion to the team if the team seems to be going in one direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we want to do is be able to invite conflict in. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to teams about conflict and what Patrick Lencioni in his book talks about is that conflict is something that should be mined for. So think about the minor <laughs> mm-hmm. and bringing it out on a team that when you're in your team meetings, bring, being able to lay everything out on the table. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to get to a decision, making sure that everyone has had the opportunity to be heard mm-hmm. and that people have the um, the confidence to enter into that conflict and maybe share a conflicting view, even if it ends up going in a different direction and the decision ends up being something that that isn't your idea or isn't what you put forth being able to have that opportunity to share but that has to come after trust is built. Yeah. The trust has to be there. If there if you're entering into conflict without trust, sometimes we call that what you can enter into is misused politics. Mm. And in politics in this sense we say uh, is defined as changing what you say based on who's in the room. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're all <laughs> guilty of it that. at some point. Yeah. The meetings yes. after the meetings, yes. right? Yes. The texts afterwards saying, oh, I, what I really wanted to say was X, Y, Z, mm-hmm. but not having the courage to say it at the time.
1: Guilty.
0: That's a hard thing to do sometimes. Yes. But I understand as you're talking how trust really plays into allowing for you to have conversations about cl- conflicting ideas. Yes. I mean, I think about how vulnerable... We have to be as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And at least I, I feel like I'm very open about my weaknesses. Yeah. But in order to have conversations, you have to be able to rely mm-hmm. on one another and yeah. have difficult conversations. And I'm so glad that this came up because even today I was cautious about bringing up an idea that I wasn't sure was going to be well received Mm. on the team and I went actually to Skylar first I mean (laughs) she's always my buffer (laughs) I expressed the idea to her and I was like I don't know if this is developmentally appropriate what are your thoughts these are mine these are the questions I have
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm really nervous to bring it up to the team but Mm. she gave me the courage to do so so we'll have that conversation later but oh is it hard to do it yeah
1: it is and then I mean you like you said you got that courage she just sent a quick email of hey team like let's discuss this Mm -hmm. and I think that also shows that I think our team can all think about it come up with their thoughts and then we'll gather together and and talk about what it is we think Mm -hmm. about this certain whatever it is assessment yeah
2: Yeah. And when you're making decisions, it's important to have those different perspectives, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you tend to all go in one direction or tend to all agree with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have similar perspectives, even being able to say, "Okay, what are we missing? Right. We tend to all be in agreement. That doesn't mean the quick yes is the appropriate answer either. Um, So that's why that mining for conflict, who's the person sitting back and not entering into the conversation? Mm -hmm. Make sure you get their ideas.
1: Yeah. That's such
0: a great reminder. Yeah, we t- do. Luckily, we have one um girl that likes to play Devil's Advocate on our team. <laughs> she's it's Anna Jackson who is on our podcast in the last few episodes. But she's so good about it and I respect yeah. just how she approaches ideas because she does even if she's not even convinced. About one side or the other. She's like, well, let's bring up this Mm -hmm. so that we can discuss it. Yeah. Um, And she, I mean, she's younger than us and she's (laughs) so good about. Playing devil's advocate, as I like to call it, mm. and I respect her for doing that.
2: Well, I'm yeah. sure that's fulfilling for her to have you ask that of her, too. Mm-hmm. If that's something that comes naturally for her and yeah. she enjoys playing devil's advocate or yeah. bringing in those different perspectives, um, knowing that that's a, a role that she can bring to the team, too, I'm sure is fulfilling yeah. for her. I feel like we
1: can kind of look at her and be like, what do you think about yes. this? <laughs> yeah. And she'll be like, well, let me, like you said, play both sides. Right. right. And
2: thoughtful about yeah. it. Yikes. The other thing I want to say about conflict is it's really important when you're in the midst of conflict with your team to remind yourselves that it's about the topic at hand and not mm. about the person. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: It's important to enter those waters and to voice those differing opinions, but if you feel like it's starting to get personal, mm-hmm. it's important to take a step back and remind ourselves that, okay guys, we're talking about this decision that needs to be made mm-hmm. this isn't personal yeah. but we need to get all these ideas out on the table
1: mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely it's a good point <laughs> yeah very sometimes it's hard to separate you know yeah especially in the heat of the moment too I feel like it's important like you said to take a step back and realize it's a decision that needs to be made and yeah I think that's a well, important and, point and for
0: our case and the benefit for the students yeah you know that comes of it mm-hmm. yes I think that's what
1: it all comes back to, is what's going to benefit the students the most. Mm
2: -hmm. So ready for the third one? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So the next uh, level in the pyramid, if we were drawing it on a board, would have the word commitment Mm -hmm. in there. Um, And the uh, dysfunction here is a lack of commitment Mm -hmm. from a team. Um, Without uh, commitment, and I'll even take it a step further to say clear commitment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it can be really difficult for teams to be healthy. Again, you have to have entered into that conflict, though, which is only able to happen after, until before trust, or after trust is built, rather. When you're, uh, when you're, asked to weigh in you're more apt to buy in Mm -hmm. right so having that conflict having that time but then when a decision is made whether it's one of you having to make the decision um, or or someone else on your team when a decision is made you'll be more apt to commit even if what you entered in isn't what they end up going with Mm -hmm. right then being able to stand tall in that commitment as a team and be a united front okay. as you have to pass down that, maybe it's a tough decision you made mm-hmm. with, uh, with maybe taking something out that your class usually gets to do yeah. in a year. And having to then communicate that to the class and to the parents, right? There's one, there's one way that you could go about doing it, which would be, okay, I just want to let you know this wasn't my idea, mm-hmm. but the rest of the team agreed that this is what we need to do, so mm-hmm. this is what we're going to do. That is harmful to your team, Mm -hmm. right, if that's how we communicate decisions. Mm -hmm. But if we were to come in or in an email out to parents and say, you know, our team met uh, and we have trust and we looked at it from all perspectives and we got all ideas out on the table and we really felt for the best interest of the students, that's Mm -hmm. who we're here for, Mm -hmm. that this is what this is the way that we need to go Mm -hmm. and being able to stand tall in that commitment. Um, as a team and have that kind of united front in that way um, will help bring health and strength to the team too yeah
1: absolutely that's, I am uh, that's something I'm guilty of is like telling my students like well this wasn't my decision but we're gonna go with it right. and so now you know that wasn't even something at the time that I thought was bad but now I'm not I don't want to use the word bad but not useful or yeah beneficial, beneficial yeah and now I'm thinking about it it's like You're right. That should be something that's discussed and something that we come to an agreement on. And that probably comes from the fact of fear of conflict. So I never (laughs) voiced my opinion on, you know what I mean? Like things like that. You know what I mean? Like if I don't, if I'm afraid to say what's on my mind, then my thoughts didn't go into what we decided. And it was more just now I'm like, well, this is not my decision. So we're just going to go and like roll with it. It's all clicking it, in yeah. my brain right now. And you
2: see how it all is intertwined. <laughs> yeah. And how it, it grows
1: off of each other.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh it's really important. It. And I think too with... The team and being able to commit, this is where that clarity comes into play too. Yes. If you make a decision, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that every member of the team understands exactly what the decision was mm-hmm. <laughs> so that it's not communicated differently yes. to, yeah. to one section of second grade yeah, and the other right. section of second grade got a slightly different version, yeah. right? That we're clear on what we're committing to, mm-hmm. especially if there's um, you know to-dos afterwards or action items from yes. that commitment that you want to be clear on what you're, what you're committing to or mm-hmm. what you have to cascade down to others. Yeah. And
0: I mean, I think about how it holds the respect, you know, for everyone involved yes. as well. Like I think about when I relay things to my students, they interact with the other teachers, you mm-hmm. know? And if I'm saying, which I've been guilty of saying, this wasn't my choice, but this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. It kind of takes some authority or respect away from the other adults yeah so I'm so glad you said that example
2: Mm -hmm. guilty as
0: church (laughs) and we all are right (laughs) that's not something
2: to 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 say oh well only certain people do that or only you know these few people that I know we're all guilty of it if we're being honest um, of having done that at times and sometimes there are decisions um especially working at a school that will be handed to you right that your team won't be able to get around a table and talk through but decisions that are made for you that you then have to roll out to your students and those can be hard when you feel like you weren't given the opportunity to weigh in um, but I'm being told to commit to this Mm -hmm. we might not always agree with the decision but we're being asked to commit to it Mm -hmm. Um, but hopefully you're in a good place where where you trust those those leaders too and those teams that are making those decisions even outside of your team
0: yeah yeah well and it just for the decisions that we can make it makes me feel more empowered and encouraged to speak up Mm -hmm. in moments of conflict yeah to ensure that my voice is heard so that I am buying in and that I can commit to these things Mm -hmm. so it's a nice I mean I'm reflecting (laughs) a lot which is great I do appreciate that
2: commitment doesn't always mean consensus either Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes consensus will will happen organically, and that's great, Mm -hmm. Um, but again, if there's trust there and you've been able to have the conflict, even if some people, um, you know, their their ideas aren't the ones being used, Mm -hmm. um, they'll still be more likely to commit, right? All that was right.
1: Number three number. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Number three. Swim?
2: So this one is the hardest, and this goes back to what you were mentioning before. So ask your question again when we're going through <laughs> uh, number four, which is accountability, mm. um, and the dis- the dysfunction here is an avoidance of accountability. Mm we often avoid holding each other accountable because it's awkward or strange or what if the person doesn't like me anymore after I remind them that they've been late to all of our meetings and it's really bringing our team down,
1: Mm -hmm. right?
2: That it's something that is easily avoided. When I talk to teams about accountability, we talk about not just top-down accountability, but the most effective type of accountability is peer-to-peer accountability and being able to hold ourselves and our peers accountable is the most effective type. I also have started talking about, and and the table group has talked about this some too, of thinking about accountability as an act of kindness. Mm. That accountability doesn't have to be calling someone to the carpet with consequences attached to Mm. it and uh, and you're on your way out, right? Mm -hmm. That it can be an act of kindness. And if we're allowing an individual or a teammate to continue behavior that's destructive to the team, or holding the team back, um, or maybe holding them them back as an individual, not entering into that conversation and talking to them about the about it, um, is is unkind and not loving towards right. that team. Yeah, I think of that with students
1: like not holding them accountable and then that doesn't help their growth or development in whatever subject so even if you're not holding them accountable for their penmanship then obviously their penmanship is not going to get any better oh no I had
0: a student tell (laughs) me ask me Mm -hmm. to hold them more accountable for when I say I'm happy to practice with students Mm -hmm. that I don't know can't unpack properly like I'm happy to stay back with you yeah he was like you need to hold us accountable to that. Wow. He actually told me that because I do shy away from it. I'll say it. And then I'm like, oh, I, I really want to go outside for recess. Like I don't yeah. want to stay back and have to practice, but mm. I will. And now I'm like, no, I promised you. And I promise to get you ready for third grade and beyond. That's my mm-hmm. job right now. Yeah. And I'm happy. Like I really, really am now. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad he called me out on my bluff. Yeah. But it's true with students and with yeah, adults. With,
1: with teams. I'm just thinking if, And we say it all the time. Like if I do something wrong, like I want someone to tell me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, even like with faculty, like emails, if there's an email that goes out about like, please make sure you're doing this. It's like, unless you tell me straightforward that I need to do it, I'm going to assume that you're not talking about me. So even, I mean, that's not fully related, but just like holding me accountable and making sure that I'm doing what I need to be doing. And I think that goes back to kind of commitment as well and making sure we're all committed too holding each other accountable. <laughs> yeah. And I think
2: it does go along with what, what we were saying about yeah. commitment because it's also important to be clear on expectations for yes. the team. Yeah. Or if you're coming out of a decision, be clear on those action plans and those next steps and who's doing what mm-hmm. part of it so that you can hold each other accountable to those things. Yeah. And that you hopefully have built in in your team meetings or, uh, or some other measure of accountability to be able to check in on progress, mm-hmm. right? If it's something to an event that you're that you're putting on um, with your classrooms or something that you need to follow through on that there's a that there is a checkpoint mm-hmm. uh, for you to use but then and sometimes those are the easier ones to hold each other mm-hmm. accountable to if you've clearly missed a deadline yes right. uh, the harder ones are those behaviors that might be happening that are holding mm-hmm. the team back that the, the meetings after the meetings like yes. we mentioned yeah. or the being late uh to mm-hmm. the meetings or I'm always having to step in for this duty for you because you tend to be late mm-hmm. right having that conversation directly with your peer, while it is essential and important and the best type of accountability, um, it's hard and it's often avoided. Mm -hmm. There's a team assessment that goes along with this model that teams can take that you rate yourselves uh, against different statements on a Likert Likert scale uh, around trust and conflict uh, and commitment and accountability. And then the fifth one, which is uh, is coming next. (laughs) And with every single team that I've um, done the assessment with, accountability is always the lowest. Wow. Even if it's in a healthy range, yeah. it's the lowest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the hardest. And sometimes we need to be putting ourselves in situations where we can practice accountability. Yeah. Sometimes it starts with asking <laughs> to be held accountable, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but entering into those waters. But those teams who have learned how to do it well and can hold each other accountable without it getting personal. Right. Um, and knowing that it's for the good of the team are more healthy and productive. Mm.
1: Is that where that fear of conflict comes in too? Where you're afraid of that conflict of holding somebody else accountable? That's, I mean, that's how I would see it as yeah. well. Is I have a fear of conflict, therefore I would ha- I would be afraid to then go and tell someone hold somebody accountable. Yeah, hold someone accountable for something that they didn't fully. Um, Commit complete <laughs> or commit to huh, look at all these words he's using
2: <laughs> yeah it's a but conversation yeah. that you're going to have that can be really uncomfortable mm-hmm. right? especially if that's not something that you're practiced in doing
1: yes
2: um and there's certainly ways in which you can enter into that conversation tactfully mm-hmm. um and being specific with the person and showing the person grace and love while also pointing out the the truth and the thing that you need to mm-hmm. hold them accountable for yeah, yeah. What was
0: the activity called that you named?
2: Yeah, it's the team assessment. Team assessment. Yeah. That sounds like a great activity. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's worthwhile and it takes you through a bunch of statements mm-hmm. uh, about your team that you rate yourself on. It's a good discussion point and to set some goals for teams from that too. Yeah. So you
0: rate your own self or your, your, team. your team as a whole? Yes. Oh, yeah. interesting. How yeah. do you access so do that? We all, <laughs> no.
2: So do we all hold ourselves to the same standards, right, you know, okay. one through five? Yeah. Uh, almost always, two, almost mm-hmm. never, right? Um, a bunch of different statements around trust. Um, do we, you know, share with our personal lives? Um, mm-hmm. Are we willing to, um, to talk about our, our weaknesses? And I'm paraphrasing, but right. um, are we uh, known as a team that, that follows through? on things you know are I we willing that. to enter in an unpopular opinion into a conversation yeah. so a lot of different statements um, yeah. and uh, and it's great for for team building because it also can give you a framework to uh, develop some goals from mm-hmm. as well yeah wow. and the table group has it on their website um, that teams can do individually or you can contact me and I can get it done oh, for I'll you be too. contacting yeah, you so I was like let's get that right well, after this because I
0: think about <laughs> the TA lead team Mm -hmm. right to begin with and how critical that team is to an entire class and then I think about grade level teams Mm -hmm. and how great that conversation would be for grade levels and then I think about it as a school you know like it just keeps growing how are we as a school where do we hold ourselves accountable there you know like all of these conversations I think Mm -hmm. are great beginning of year conversations yeah that should be had Yeah, it can really start
2: you off well with understanding, too, what are the important things? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, what are the important things for us to be focusing on this year? What are those things that we always need to be focusing on? And Mm -hmm. overcoming these five dysfunctions would be in that category. Yeah. This isn't something where we check a box and then then trust is built so we can move on. Mm -hmm. Right? It's something that needs to continually be checked in on, assessed. uh, How can we continue to build um, and overcome these Mm -hmm. dysfunctions? Yeah. Would you say,
0: so, and I think I keep referring back to the beginning of your training opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, can you start right off the bat with that activity, or do you need time to build trust, to have conflict, to yeah. do all of these things, or can you just jump right in?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. My my personal opinion and what I recommend for teams is to take the assessment after they've been operating as a team mm. for at least a couple months. Okay, yeah. um, and then after that, if you're if there isn't a lot of change in your team, being able to take it annually mm. or every six months, um, depending on where your team is and what what growth is needed or what goals are set. That's something that can be done over and over, depending on how your team changes, though. Yeah. Right. But you'll want to be able to have been in some settings and some situations where you can then assess how did we do in this. Yeah. But introducing the five dysfunctions and understanding yes. that its importance is something that can be done at the outset. Right. Mm-hmm. That's great.
1: Um, yeah, I'm just thinking even mid year, like yes. that's something since we've Check all in. been together for two quarters. That could be something at the very beginning of third quarter where we can check in and see how it's go- how we it's going. Should suggest that. Yeah, I really do think that would be,
0: and it's a nice
2: reset. You know, it, it yeah. can help drive some goals for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Or look, we really struggled tr- through these decisions this past year. We had th- mm-hmm. th- these interpersonal conflicts. Right. Um, what What can we attribute it to? Do we need yeah. to focus in on trust? Mm-hmm. Do we need to be practicing accountability? And how can we create the the safe space to do that can mm-hmm. be important too. Right, yeah, totally. Last one. Yeah, last one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the fifth. The fifth, fifth dysfunction. dysfunction is about results, um, and the dysfunction here is an inattention to results, when we're not holding each other accountable. Um, sometimes what will happen is those silos can be created or Mm -hmm. egos take over and we focus on our own personal results or accomplishments Mm -hmm. or for our own classroom Mm -hmm. and not thinking about the results of the community or the school or the grade level as a whole. So what we want to be able to achieve in overcoming that dysfunction is a focus on results. And again, that being the collective results. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where your team will achieve success and your school will achieve success. Success if we can be focused on on that right thing, not our own personal or professional growth and success at the expense of um, of other team members or other teams. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one's loaded yeah. for me.
1: I just think of um, the fact I, that just brings it to me as we we are so team oriented at our school. And there are places, other schools that aren't very team oriented. And they're just, like you said, off on their own little island and they only care about the results of what they're doing in their class. Whereas we, I feel like we want to help each other out. And I'm like, can't think of the words I want to say. But we, the results, we want the results of all four of our second grade classes to be great or whatever it might be and we need to work together to make sure we are checking in on those results and making sure we're holding each other accountable and making sure that um, we're benefiting all of our students not just the students in our classroom. If that See makes I'm so sense. glad.
0: No it makes sense <laughs> and I you took the high road on that one because I sit here and I think oh my gosh like I can be so selfish in Thinking about my own class sometimes, you know, like I want the best results, you know, for my class and I want my students to achieve and you know you get stuck in that silo look at Mm -hmm. the data for my students and the growth
2: that they have achieved or I have this new intervention I'm trying out in my classroom but I don't want to tell anyone about it because I think it's working really well yes and what if I share it and then it becomes less significant to me or to my classroom Mm -hmm. what is that doing to the results of your grade level or the school as a whole when we keep those things to ourselves yes
0: gosh what like it, it And this sounds bad, but like, what a nice slap in the face for me, Mm -hmm. honestly, because I sit here and I'm like, I need to not that I'm hoarding things, but I need to let go of my classroom, my classroom, my classroom, you know, and I need to be open about sharing what it is I'm doing. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing anything different, (laughs) probably Mm -hmm. (laughs) I doubt I am. But I mean, realistically, I need to stop thinking about my results, my results, my results. And I need to be thinking about. The good of the order, you know, yeah. and everybody collaborating, involved.
2: sharing successes, celebrating yes. other teams or mm-hmm. team members' successes, mm-hmm. yeah. and understanding that your your team one, your priority team, mm. really isn't your own individual classroom, yes. right? right? Yeah, it's the team as a whole.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think about we mentioned Carter every episode, but I think about how Carter even just the other day she came and said this worked really well in my yes. classroom, and it was like a Love and Logic thing. But she said, "Oh I gosh, found, it so good." She said, "I found a new Love and Logic way to phrase this," yes. and she shared it with us. And I used it today Same. in my class. <laughs> you used it yesterday, so it's just like making yes. sure and. And that's not um, with results, I think. But I mean, it is. I keep saying it's not like whatever. But um, I think that that just sharing, just sharing, share,
2: share everything, share Mm -hmm. your things, being (laughs) open to sharing and collaborating and giving credit to someone else where that's due, being humble in that way can be so effective yes. for teams. And that's where you will be more successful. Now, in a lot of these in the five you're, uh, you know, I heard from you both saying, oh, I'm guilty of that. Or, sorry, or, there it is again. See, there's my exit speech, <laughs> it's oh, time it, we're to done. get done the stage. <laughs> so funny. Forget it. <laughs> sorry, as you were saying. With some of these of what I heard so you saying is, oh, I'm guilty of that, oh, I need to change that. And yeah. this isn't meant to. Um, to diminish uh, someone or to yeah. or to try to minimize them or, or to or to shine light on mm-hmm. <laughs> on all the things someone or a team is doing wrong. Mm. Um, but it is helpful to motivate, right? Yes. Yes. If you can think about this framework and and realize how effective it can be and that we are all guilty of these things. Mm-hmm. That's why I would imagine partly it's presented as dysfunctions yeah. uh, and to also normalize those, that mm-hmm. this is common. Um, but if we can surround our team around this language and commit to improving and commit to paying attention to these areas, just think of what your team could be. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a highly productive team right now and you think there's a lot of trust and good conflict and you guys are committing to things together and you hold each other accountable and you're all focused for the good of the school, what would it be like if you were even more intentional Mm -hmm. around these five?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: What great reminders. I mean,
0: I feel excited to go back to the team, you know, and take back these things. And I'm happy that we have it recorded. (laughs) We can go back and And listen listen. and share and hope that everybody can, well, hopefully reach out to you, you know, and take these opportunities to learn and to grow and mm-hmm. to succeed long-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If they wanted to find you, where <laughs> would they find you?
2: Yeah. So uh, the best way to be in touch with me directly is my email address, which is Allison with one L-A-L-I-S-O-N at Um Or our website is AscentConsultingGroup.com. Mm. Awesome. Easy. <laughs> do you have any parting words or do you, Allison –
1: no just end with our positives like yeah, we always do we absolutely. always end each episode with something positive so if you don't have anything else we can share positives mm, awesome yeah.
2: sounds good I yeah. will look forward to listening to it yeah, yeah. yeah thanks for having me yeah. well you don't get to leave yet oh I'm not you have you to share, have to share oh I have to share so okay. you
0: don't have to go first okay if you don't want to but if you want to you can you don't want to go first I went first last time Okay. okay okay <laughs> so it's either like something you're grateful for or just something that's happened that makes you happy So, gosh, I guess one thing, we have the winter concert tonight, which is exciting. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think overall, though. This week has just been go, go, go. Crazy. (laughs) But overall, the kids have been great. They're motivated. Mm -hmm. They're not burning out. Like, Mm -hmm. they're ready to push through this week, even though it has been crazy <laughs>
1: I'm like maybe your students my students oh, really? are I could tell mine are ready for break <laughs> mine are
0: getting there I think it's because I've amped them up about how quickly these days are going to fly because yeah. they're so busy yeah. Um, but yeah I think I'm just excited about my students and the work they've been putting in to get ready for cursive oh boy because you know that's an incentive <laughs> they're yep.
1: pumped um, my positive is not school related um <laughs> The Suns, the Phoenix Suns, have yes. been doing so good. I was watching a game wow, the Suns other night. Okay. I'm a like, fan. Oh, no. I was like, I was watching the game the other night, and I was like, wow, I'm so just proud that the Suns are doing so good. So that's my positive. Right. Two years basketball. In a row. <laughs> I didn't
0: yeah. know you were that into basketball.
1: I okay. So I follow the Suns on Instagram, and I haven't really been able to watch the games, but I've become obsessed because my brother is obsessed.
2: My right brother so. lives with me,
1: so it's like he watches the games, and then I'll ask him questions constantly. I'm like, what's that foul? How is that happening? Why do they do that? <laughs> and so I just feel like a child. Like, I'm just asking all these questions, and he'll answer them. So then I feel like I'm more into it, and now I'm like, I love
2: just learning about the Suns players and stuff like well, that. you're learning about basketball. You're basketball. bonding with your brother. Yes. <laughs> We're
0: going to do a poll now on the Instagram. College
1: ball or pro or ball? NBA. Because my dad hates basketball it's so funny because i remember mm. i watched when we were in nantucket yes. i watched the basketball game and, and your livid. dad was just like i hate this yeah this is awful <laughs> just too many fouls for too him too many fouls. like this is ridiculous i was like yeah because
0: oh, like yeah. Phony it, they're big fakers.
1: Yeah. Like soccer, it <laughs> happens.
0: We like hockey. We're the hockey family. Oh, <laughs> get nice. knocked with a puck or two, lose a
2: tooth. You know, uh, to be more physical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has to be <laughs> totally. So, it's what's your positive? Beat me to it. Yeah, I'll bring it to uh, somewhere in between. I guess Perfect. school related and and personal. Um, I have a kindergartner. My middle child is in kindergarten and. He just this past couple weeks, his reading has just blossomed. Yay. And it's at that fun stage. If you've, I mean, I know you're in second grade, but if you've worked with the younger students too, that right when they, their language starts emerging, their reading starts emerging, and they're sounding out all the words they see, mm-hmm. right? All of the street signs, <laughs> everything in the house. Oh. And then they get, you know, a little overconfident and start, you know, no, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> they this word you. is pronounced this way, uh-huh. right? And I can't think of an example right now. But that has been just joy giving to our family too to oh. see that emerging for him, yes. and his love of reading, which then harkens back to just the hard work that the teachers are putting in, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and some of it comes from home yes too and what what you do at home but gosh the value uh, and the intentionality that the teachers um, are giving and putting into our kids um, I'm just so grateful and whenever I get to talk to teachers I I get that feeling yeah you know oh. and. What you all do, the work that you put in for your students is uh, is valued and is important. And uh, I appreciate it. Thank so you. It's so been fun. positive. Oh my gosh, we need to end on that. <laughs> yeah. That was lovely. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you for being here. here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This
1: was fun. This Good luck. Has been so valuable. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.